Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Carry On Cast. This is the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church, where we get to talk about the texts that are coming up in worship this next week. We get to, um, you know, have some fun together. <laughs> uh, friends, I just need you to know, because this is a, a podcast and not a, a video, uh, in, in honor of Thanksgiving coming up, Pastor Brandon is sitting across the podcast table from me. Um, in a turkey costume. I, I cannot make these things up. There is no joke here. <laughs> it, is, it is real life. Sometimes people say to me, hey, Megan, how are things going in your new pastoral context? How are your colleagues? And I get to tell them things like, well, today I recorded a podcast with my, my, my fellow pastor um, wearing a name tag on top of his turkey costume. So um, that's how things are going. Just so you don't think I'm a real turkey. And remember, it's really yeah. Pastor Brandon. He's in pointing here. to his name tag so that we don't forget. It's really him. <laughs> oh, it's good times here. Um, hi, uh, everybody. Uh, I did I introduce myself. I'm Pastor Megan. That's not. That's good to know. And I'm Pastor Brandon. I think we're here now. <laughs> we're here. Uh, so, it, it, all turkeys aside, we are coming up on our our last text in our fall series, God is, we are. This is the last reading, friends, that you are going to hear from the book of Genesis. So if you have been enjoying this, I'm really sorry that it has to end. If you are so ready to not talk about patriarchs and their totally dysfunctional dysfunctional families, (laughs) um, well, then good news. There's only one text left. Yes. uh, Until the next patriarchs and their dysfunctional families. (laughs) (laughs) Because let's be honest, there's a good abundance of those. (laughs) I feel like I keep saying in almost every sermon, I feel like we keep quoting each other and saying, friends, just because it's in the Bible uh, doesn't always mean that you should you should do it like that. That's that's not necessarily um, prescribed behavior. Mm. Um, But but I think there is a lot to point to in today's text for things that we could say, actually, no, I think there's something commendable here. I think there's a good bookend to this story. Um, Pastor Brandon, how mm-hmm. about you read the lesson for us, and then we'll sure. talk a little bit about how we got okay. to this part of the story. You got it. So we'll start at the end. Let's begin at the ending. And this is Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 24. Realizing that their father was dead, that's a strong start. That's a good way to just <laughs> launch right into the story. <laughs> Realizing that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers said, What if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him? So they approached Joseph, saying, Your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and the wrong they did in harming you. Now, therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept, fell down before him, and said, We are here as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good, in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. So Joseph remained in Egypt, he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children of Machir, son of Manasseh, were also born on Joseph's knees. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to you and bring you up out of this land 
to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. There are a lot of names. There is a lot of history. There's a lot of backstory. So so let's fill in some gaps. Uh, for starters, you heard this last Sunday. Uh, we preached on the first of, of only two stories that we were going to preach on in Joseph, even though yeah. Joseph's story is one of the most... Well, his is like the longest sustained narrative, I think, in the whole Bible. It's just Joseph for like yeah. the second half of the book of Genesis. So last week we heard about Joseph um, in slavery, in imprisonment, abandoned by his family because he was a little uh, naively uh, standoffish, shall we say, to his brothers, um, and used his gift of, uh, of interpreting dreams at first to get himself in trouble with his brothers, but eventually uh, for the good of other people that he shared imprisonment with. So where we'd left Joseph last, he was in prison, falsely accused after having been sold into slavery and left for dead by his brothers effectively. So things aren't going great for him. Not no. so great. So he is in Egypt, though. So that's how we got to Egypt. Pastor Brandon, do yeah. you think you can give us the cheater's version of how Joseph got from last week to this week? Yes. Well, even in prison, Joseph continues to use the gift God gave him of dreams and, and interpreting dreams. And some of his cellmates uh, have dreams that he interprets for them, which end up coming true. And one of his cellmates gets released from prison and is serving Pharaoh. And um, then uh, the Pharaoh has a dream. And oh my gosh, I'm so tormented by this dream. If only there were somebody to interpret this for me. And, and Joseph's former cellmate was like, ooh, I got a guy. Pull Joseph out and it turns out um, Joseph interprets the dream. You know, it's the... The cows that are fat. The fat cows and the skinny seven cows. Out, and, and then skinny the cows. And Joseph's and like, well, I think it means there's going to be years of great harvest followed by years of great famine. So uh, store up enough grain during the abundant years so that way uh, we can survive through the famine. And so Pharaoh does that. Not only does, does he do that, but he puts Joseph in charge of it. Um, so kind of raises Joseph through the ranks almost to like a right-hand man sort of thing. Um, so Joseph is sprung from prison um, and comes into power in the land of Egypt. And then, because his brothers are in uh, a land of famine in the land of Canaan, they come down to ask for food because they hear there's food in Egypt. And lo and behold, it's Joseph that they, uh, are, that they meet and ask and beg for food. And and as Pastor Brandon and I were discussing before we started uh, recording here, um, again, the familial dysfunction is thick uh, because at first Joseph pretends that he's not Joseph. He, they, he recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. And yeah. so he sends them back to their father and he tricks them and frames one of his own brothers for theft. And Bingo. It is, a, it is a hot mess. It's a hot mess. But the short <laughs> version, friends, is that eventually – we get to this passage where the brothers effectively reconcile. You know, they, I mean, there's a lot of crying yeah. and a lot of begging for forgiveness. And yes. admittedly, Joseph brothers only do it because they realize their dad, Jacob, has died. And so yeah. they think maybe Joseph's only been nice to them for their father's sake. Sure. So now they're finally going to come to Joseph and say, um, oh, 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 dad, dad said, dad said, you, you better forgive your brothers. <laughs> like just before he died, he yeah. said that. Which so he probably didn't. It, well, he, he, it, it seems unlikely. <laughs> 
especially since they seem like they're cooking it up now that they're trying to save their tails. Um, so if, even if it was a lie, they're turkey tails, if you would, Pastor Brandon. Um, if, even though it's, a, it, it's technically a lie, even so... It works, mm -hmm. right? Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept and fell down and tried to offer themselves even even as slaves. I mean, a full reversal, right? They mm -hmm. sold Joseph into slavery, and now they are saying, look, we would, we would be your slaves. That would be better than whatever awful thing we probably deserve. <laughs> right, right. Well, and I have to I have to ask you, Pastor Megan, because mm. there is a verse in this story. Oh, yes. That just troubles me. Oh. And it's verse number 20. Mm -hmm. jo so Joseph's been through all this. Yes. And he's a come out okay. A lifetime of torment. It, yes. it could have come out any other way, but it came out okay. And he says, even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good. Now, the reason this torments me is, uh, you know, I I haven't reconciled yet that with the phrase, um, God has a plan mm. or everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so if, um, you know, if God has a plan, that this phrase here almost seems like it, it supports the idea that God has a plan for everything, even like these bad things right. that happen to us are part of God's plan. And that's tricky for me. It, so it's, I, and I it need your help. It should be tricky. Well, I, and, I, and I can offer some ideas. I don't know if I can fully absolve you of your torment. Listen, I need clear answers. I'm a human. All right, buddy. Slow your roll. Let's see what we can do. So, I mean, we talked a little bit last week in the sermon about how, you know, there's so many times in Joseph's story where things just go from like worst to terrible to most awful of all. And at every yeah. stage, the story says, oh, but God was with Joseph and made him prosper. And look, he was the most successful guy in prison. Like it was awful, but great for, for as far as awful goes, it was pretty yeah. good. The best of the worst. Right? right. Yay. And so it'd be really easy to try to bright side Joseph's story and say, look, 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 things weren't really so bad for Joseph because uh, he was still, I mean, he might've been enslaved, but like his, his slave master really liked him. Mm. So it was okay. Mm. Um, but that's not really what the story says throughout Joseph's story. No. It says things are awful. Things are awful. And even though things are awful, God still works and, and makes good things come even as an awful situation gets even more, even more awfuler. Mm -hmm. um, it's proper grammar, I swear. I, <laughs> um, I was an English major, so I can, I can make it up as I go. It's fine. Um, but that's, the story doesn't try to say, oh, look, it all makes sense because God made some good things happen in the midst of mm. all this terrible stuff. That's not what the story says. So then we get to this point where we're going, oh, look, this is the punchline, right? Like this is where the story really says it all worked out because since Joseph was in Egypt, he could make sure Egypt have enough food so that uh, his brothers could have something to eat. And so God's promises to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and their generations could continue because they didn't starve. Like, see, so look, it's okay. And it sounds even like you said, Pastor Brandon, out of Joseph's own mouth, right? Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good. So it's really easy to say, ta-da, see, God has a plan. Um, here's the catch. <laughs> I'm not super okay with the translation of... Um, this verse, just in general, uh, even though you intended to do harm for me, God intended it for good. Um, that word that is translated here as intended is a little 
complicated. Mm-hmm. And and one of the ways to think about the word is to think of it as like a weaving together or a, a, a many points of contact in, in the course of life. You can't see this, friends, because it's audio, but I'm knitting my fingers <laughs> together, right? Like like interlaced. That's kind of the, f- the feeling of this word. That's It's not so much a God made this happen, but it's more like as as events came together that you, so even though you tried to weave things together so that evil would happen, God weaved these things together and make made good happen. Mm. So it's not saying that, ta-da, God had a plan and you just had to walk the steps and your whole life was terrible mm. so that this good thing could happen. It's saying... In the mix of human life and event, we mess things up and we do the wrong things and we hurt each other. And even in that, God pulls those threads together and God's promises for life continue to be made known because God can even take our worst and make it into something meaningful. Ooh, wow. I really like that. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm here today. Pa- Pastor Steve wasn't able to be here, so I'm using his microphone. So just pretend that it's Pastor Steve talking to you right now. Because I've heard him say before, too, that there's a difference between saying God has a plan for your life versus God has a promise for your life. And so we have this this wonderful reminder that even in the midst of all these terrible things that are happening to us, God is still weaving God's story and God's promise into our life. Um, and that is a promise that God is with us, um, that God is forgiving us, that God is working to bring us new life here and now and in so many other wonderful promises. And also this this promise that God is faithful to us even when we forget the promise, even when we can't see God with us, even though we struggle to one and, and wonder, well, where is God in the midst of all this? Well, even when we can't see it, we have this promise that God's still at work uh, in our midst. So I think that's that's helpful for me to remember. Um, but I am also, you know, it's Christ the King Sunday. Mm, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that, but Happy New Year! Right? Yes, it's almost New Year's <laughs> Eve. Um, so, folks, there's there's such a thing as the liturgical year, which is separate from the calendar year, unfortunately, because it makes things a bit complicated. Mm. Um, the first Sunday of Advent is the first day of a new liturgical year. So uh, the Sunday right before that is Christ the King Sunday, or for some people they they use the language of reign of Christ to kind of avoid, uh, you know, that kind of king language, which doesn't always resonate as well with Ah. with certain listeners. Um, So this idea that it it is Jesus himself who is who is it, who is the one, who is the thing, and what does it look like to live in a life and in a world where it is Christ himself who is king. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, yeah, so Christ the King Sunday is is kind of like our our New Year's Eve party. So we say, woo, yay, Jesus! And then we (laughs) flip the liturgical calendar and go into Advent and and proceed to wait for Jesus. Yes. That is what Advent is. Bingo. So in this, I mean, there is in this story a lot to be said about, you know, if we're talking about the reign of Christ, we're talking about what does it mean to live as one hmm. who claims Christ as their king? And Pastor Brandon, you said a lot to that point, right? But there's there's a lot to be said for what does it mean to live with the trust in God's promise to be with us? What does it mean if we claim Jesus as our king to continue to, to watch and wait and hope and act knowing that, that God has sent Jesus into this world and to know that Christ's 
grace is sufficient for each and every day and to know that we are loved and forgiven. How does that how does that lead us into the messiness of our mm. lives, into the, the the bad ways we tend to treat each other? How do sure. we continue to enact God's promises for life uh, when we claim Christ as our king? I mean, I, I think it's tough sometimes when we're reading out of the Old Testament because folks are like, oh, but Jesus isn't in... No, 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 no. There's so much to be said about mm. about life and grace and God's love and promises enacted, whether or not you say Jesus's name. I mean, this is our story of faith and those same themes of Christ as our king are playing out in the story of Joseph as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and we do, uh, uh, here's what I love about Advent and what I love about uh, Christ the King or the reign of Christ Sunday, um, which points us toward Advent, mm. is... It's a great time to recenter our lives yeah. around Jesus because I think there are, especially right now, um, well, at any time, mm. a lot of other voices competing for our attention and competing for our loyalty, competing for our trust. And um, so it's a reminder that we, we center our lives around Jesus. And so we listen uh, more closely for the yeah. truth. Um, and I, I think that affects things all the way down to hey, actually check your sources before you share a story you found on Facebook um, because uh, we, we want to recommit ourselves to um, looking for, listening for the truth and uh, recentering our lives around Jesus and this gift of life and hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a much more, hopefully, a much more powerful gift than fear and anxiety and hate yes. that I think has become pretty prevalent anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's worth pointing out that in this story of Joseph, you know, it ends with him saying, well, I'm about to, I'm about to die. <laughs> but God's promises are still going to be true. You know, God will surely come to you and bring you up out of this land, which is to say Egypt, to the land that he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. You know, he's reiterating the promise mm. that we've heard over and over and over And I think there's a lot to be said for the reminder of the promise, because Mm -hmm. in this story, what happens next is all of, you know, all of uh, Jacob's children and their children's children are in Egypt now, and they live there. And then we move into the book of Exodus, where we hear, oops, and then there came a Pharaoh who didn't remember all the good things that Joseph did. Mm. And that's how God's people become enslaved, Mm. right? So even in in the face of this promise, there's all this terrible stuff that happens all over again. And so it is still this reminder to hang on to that promise and watch for what God is doing in the midst of terrible things and to not give into, like you said, Pastor Brandon, this this sense of fear and panic and despair, I think. Mm. Like we can't count on God and so we need to make our own way. You know, mm. we need to we need to scramble at whatever's around. We need to get power where we can or or get control where we can because we can't trust God to be those things for us. Oh my gosh. Such a hard time for for God's people, this this time of slavery in Egypt, um, throughout Scripture, you'll hear references back to the time when God's people were enslaved. So much of the law that comes after God's people are freed from slavery it is rooted in you were slaves once, hmm. and therefore, this is how you're going to treat other people, ultimately with compassion with kindness, with generosity, Mm. because you know how hard life can be. And so God calls you into something different, something better, when Mm. it's, it would be so much easier to be a real jerk 
because people were mean to you before, so you get to be mean to them. Mm. Living into the reign of Christ, being one who trusts in God's promises means we flip that script. We say, because we know how hard can be, that is how much more loving and compassionate and gracious we're going to be to others in Christ's name. And and Joseph just did that and showed that to us with his brothers. That could have gone either way. And instead he gives them a hug and invites them to come live with him. And lets them <laughs> and lets them live a privilege they didn't give to him, hmm. right? A, a lifetime later, he he changes the story, and it's all because of his trust in in God's love, and because he he knows that God can continue to be active, and he shows compassion. It's it's such a a powerful witness and a great invitation to us as well as we move into Christ the King Sunday and look towards. Advent. Oh, friends, there are so many more good stories to be told, but this one needs to end. So this is uh, the Carry On podcast. It's uh, the podcast here at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission is to grow in faith and carry carry on. on the work of Jesus Christ. Thanks, everybody.